0: Section Twenty Seven of Great Epochs in American History, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Great Epochs in American History, Volume Two: The Planting of the First Colonies, 1562 to 1733, by Francis Whiting Halsey. Section Twenty Seven: The Founding of Pennsylvania part three the reality of penn's treaty sixteen eighty two by george e ellis there has been much discussion of late years concerning the far-famed treaty of penn with the indians a circumstance which has all the interest both of fact and of poetry was confirmed by such unbroken testimony of tradition that history seemed to have innumerable records of it in the hearts and memories of each generation but as there appears no document or parchment of such criteria as to satisfy all inquiries historical skepticism has ventured upon the absurd length of calling in question the fact of the treaty the historical society of pennsylvania with commendable zeal has bestowed much labor upon the questions connected with the treaty and the results which have been attained can scarcely fail to satisfy a candid inquirer all claim to a peculiar distinction for william penn on account of the singularity of his just proceedings in this matter is candidly waived because the swedes the dutch and the english had previously dealt thus justly with the natives it is in comparison with pizarro and cortez that the colonists of all other nations in america appear to an advantage but the fame of william penn stands and ever will stand pre-eminent for the unexceptionable justice and peace in his relations with the natives penn had several meetings for conference and treaties with the indians besides those which he held for the purchase of lands but unbroken and reverently cherished tradition beyond all possibility of contradiction has designated one great treaty held under a large elm tree at Shackamaxon, now kensington a treaty which voltaire justly characterizes as never sworn to and never broken in penn's letter to the free society of traders dated august eighty three, he refers to his conferences with the indians two deeds conveying land to him are on record both of which bear an earlier date than this letter namely june twenty third and july fourteenth of the same year he had designed to make a purchase in may but having been called off to a conference with lord baltimore he postponed the business till june the great treaty was doubtless unconnected with the purchase of land and was simply a treaty of amity and friendship in confirmation of one previously held by penn's direction by markham on the same spot that being a place which the indians were wont to use for this purpose it is probable that the treaty was held on the last of november sixteen eighty two that the delawares the mingos and other susquehanna tribes formed a large assembly on the occasion that written minutes of the conference were made and were in possession of governor gordon who states nine conditions as belonging to them in seventeen twenty eight but are now lost and that the substance of the treaty is given in penn's letter to the free traders these results are satisfactory and are sufficient corroborated by known facts and documents the great treaty being distinct from a land purchase is significantly distinguished in history and tradition the inventions of romance and imagination could scarcely gather round this engaging incident attractions surpassing its own simple and impressive interest doubtless clarkson has given a fair representation of it if we merely disconnect from his account the statement that the indians were armed and all that confounds the treaty of friendship with the purchase of lands pen wore a sky-blue sash of silk around his waist as the most simple badge the pledges there given were to hold their sanctity while the creeks and rivers run and while the sun moon and stars endure while the whites preserved in written records the memory of such covenants the indians had their methods for perpetuating in safe channels their own relations they cherished in grateful regard they repeated to their children and to the whites the terms of the great treaty the delawares called william penn miquan in their own language though they seem to have adopted the name given him by the iroquois Onas, both which terms signify a quill or pen. benjamin west's picture of the treaty is too imaginative for a historical piece he makes pen of a figure and aspect which would have become twice the years that had passed over his head the elm tree was spared in the war of the american revolution when there was distress for firewood the british officer simcoe having placed a sentinel beneath it for protection it was prostrated by the wind upon the night of saturday march three eighteen ten It was of gigantic size, and the circles around its heart indicated an age of nearly three centuries. A piece of it was sent to the Penn Mansion at Stoke Poges, in England, where it is properly commemorated. A marble monument with suitable inscription was placed by the Penn Society, A.D. 1827, to mark the site of the great elm-tree. End of section 27